really, really hard, and they execute the system, and that's what it's all about. Yes, there sir. Trust. He's big big trust. trust. Big, big trust. trust. Hey, yes, sir. <laughs> right on cue. Hey, right on cue. Hey, I, let me We are back on the Jumbo Set Podcast. It is Thursday, January 25th, 2024. My name is Jake Luke, and I'm joined on my screen by Gentle Spen Crankshaw. It's championship week, almost a weekend. How are we doing? Doing better than you. You sound you sound sexy, but I know that it's not right. So it's ter- so I know that you technically sound terrible, but you also sound sexy. So yeah, really- sometimes sometimes I get like this and I'm just like, man, can I just like get better and get rid of all the congestion and all the shit, but like keep the voice? That would be kind of cool. But yeah, there you yeah, go. You got that nice baritone rolling. I don't know yeah, who you sound yeah. like. Unfortunately, it doesn't work that way, but here we are. Like the hair, by the way. It, I, it's not sitting down. It's not complying right now. A little too, a little too much chicken fluff, but we'll uh, we'll get it sorted at some point here. Championship week. The first ever AFC championship hosted by the Baltimore Ravens. The first ever championship hosted by a Baltimore for- football team in my life, or therefore in Jake's life. 50 years. First one since 1971. Yeah. Way, 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 way back in the day. Way back in the day for the Colts. They would go on to beat the Dallas Cowboys in what would become known as the Blunder Bowl. Uh Earl Morrill and John United splitting snaps just to, yeah, what, what a, what an incredible uh, capstone upon which to, uh, upon which to compare this to. Hopefully we don't have a blunder bowl of our own if the Ravens do move on. Uh, but, you know, if the result turns out the same, I'll certainly take it. Uh, and yeah, it's. Uh, it's I thought the Colts something. hosted I mean, the, I thought, I thought January 71, they hosted the Raiders. Well, they did. And then they beat the Cowboys in the Super Bowl. It was Super Bowl five. Right, 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 right. Yeah, so, so it was the Raiders yeah. that they hosted in Baltimore in January of 1971, right? It was that one. Yep, exactly. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's everything. It's going to be a big game. Plenty to get into with it. Recording a day later here because of my illness. Uh, so we got a little bit of Texans game to dive into, and then I'm sure we'll be looking ahead to that. So uh, where do you want to start with this thing? With this one, man. I mean, at this point, and I'm still going to do the film breakdown. You know, we'll talk Texans, we'll talk tape, we'll talk Chiefs. But at this point in time, it's almost like spiritual. It's more so you're living and dying in one game. So all bets are off. And we'll, we'll talk about it. We'll break it all down. But uh, this is a different experience and a place that the Ravens haven't been in a decade, frankly, have not been this far in quite some time. So it's weird, right? Because it's familiar territory to me and you. But if you're 20 years old, if you're like 18 and you're a fan, you didn't really. I mean, you remember, you know, oh, yeah, I remember, you know, Ray Lewis and the Billy Cundiff. But you don't remember them going on runs. It's kind of like 9, 10, 11, 12, 14. Like this is where they were always. Divisional championship, not quite the Super Bowl in that period of time. It's kind of like our relationship with the 2000 team a little bit. You know, you remember it, but. It's not really. Definitely. I was, I was, uh, seven. I was six. I think I was uh, seven. I think I was seven. I was, I was five. So yeah, you would have been seven. So yeah, it's kind of just one of those things where, uh, you know, these things only come around 
uh, you know, once a generation in some cases. And I think that's certainly proven to be the case here where past decade or so it's been it's been a grind just getting to the playoffs in some cases. And then you get in there and you maybe you advance around and then you just kind of get knocked out, whether it's Tom Brady up in New England or whether it's the Bills a couple of years ago. Uh, it's just been an absolute slog. And uh, this season they've put themselves at the top of the mountain and you know, basically it's, are, are they just going to fall on their face? Are they going to trip up? Are they going to disappoint us? Uh, they didn't down the stretch. I mean, they were playing very important games. They didn't. And then obviously last week, I think throughout the first half of that game, it kind of felt like, man, maybe this is just going to happen again. And then uh, Lamar Jackson goes into the locker room, goes on an expletive lace tirade. They come out, you know, score however many touchdowns in the second half. And they, they put all those concerns to bed and, they still remain for me a little bit in the sense that, like, I don't know if you can afford to play with your food against the Chiefs uh, in this upcoming game. It's a much tougher matchup and going to be a lot more hype around it. And we'll get into all the pomp and circumstance that they're putting into this game. But overall, you got to feel pretty confident about where they are heading into it because it just feels like, and Jeff Zrebeck was saying this on Twitter today, kind of confirming what people have been talking about. It just feels a little more buttoned up and professional this year than it has in years past. They're having fun still. They're doing this and that. But it overall, it just feels like they're they're focused, they're, they're locked in, as they like to say, and uh, it's great to see. The Ravens, run by Bashadi, who obviously it comes from Modell. Modell was a businessman, but Modell very much, you know, got the TV rights involved in the NFL to a degree that blew things up, and was a professional. And it's a family; it's like a family-run business, but that business is like the Roy family. Like it's not, you know, mom and pop shop up in Chicago or, you know, in Cincinnati or some of these other teams. And then that transfer to Bashadi, who obviously was Aerotech, built a business empire and sold it and facilitated all of that and, uh, you know, was, was a self-made man. So that kind of regal family feeling mixed with that businessy seriousness and the seriousness to operate about football, right? About the business of football and football exclusively. And for some of the showmanship they had with Ray Lewis, things like that, but that, that was in the stadium on the field. And the Ravens have in their DNA, you know, you think of the Ravens, you think of defensive football, you think of a winning franchise that is always in contention, that has a lot of veteran players, and they're really physical. And the reason they have so many veteran players is that same essence of, we, we heard Justin Houston say it last year, year before, he said it's just about football here, because there's been so many veterans that, come aboard on that third or fourth contract, Steve, Steve Smith, Derek Mason, you know, how many, however, ever many there's been Elvis Doomerville, all these guys over the years. The reason they like it is because it's just about football. And it feels like the changes that were made with DaCosta, making all these big sweeping decisions that have finalized things, buttoned things up, requiring Roquan Smith, sealing up Lamar Jackson's contract has allowed them to return to that business like mentality of, this place is just about winning football and keeping a good reputation and a reputation. You know, they, they've had no shortage of blights to their reputation with players and things like that over the years. But since we'll say, you know, the, the Ray Rice situation that went down almost a decade ago, there's been nothing but let's return to that as an organization, as an organization, we want to get back to the business and the winning. The, the business of winning and being in the winning business. So that's the feel around this team. And that ties back to what we've said about Lamar Jackson this year, that he simply has not appeared smug or content or satisfied with any big win. 
it has been like back to the mentality of I told you so and I don't care. I don't care about anything but a Super Bowl. And it was funny. There was another article. Perhaps it was Zrebeck. I'll, I'll figure it out later. Whatever. I probably won't. But it was Ronnie Stanley saying, like, if you're in the shower with Lamar after practice or a game, you know it's only a matter of time until he, like, says, I just want to win a Super Bowl. Like, it's all – it's a singular focus. And nothing else matters. And that is why this team has been performing that well. And you talk about you – know, uh, I was able to do the Jimmy's event with Brian last night. Kyle Van Noy was awesome. And, you know, not to knock Justin Matabike, he was great too. But Kyle Van Noy goes on the Pat McAfee show every Monday. He loves the mic. We're he was joking about it the whole time. And that was kind of Brian's thing. Like, oh, you know your way around this thing. I saw you know how to turn it on. Like, oh, da, 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 da. But uh, Kyle Van Noy talked about, you know, the, the one of the key takeaways for me was he mentioned that, uh, I think somebody just asked, you know, can you say what was said in that tirade at halftime? And he said, I think a lot of that's blown out of proportion. Like he just said some cuss words and stuff, but like it really just showed the maturity that he has reached now. And to me that said, you know, he was never, his words ended up saying to me, at least my interpretation was that he was never really expected to be vocal. He never really wanted to do anything to burden anyone else. He's a very modest guy and he's always willing to say, I have to be better. I need to put the team on my back. I have to do this. I, 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 not you didn't do this. You didn't do that. And even less, this is what I need from you. Being able to communicate, Lamar Jackson, communicate and say, hey, I need this. I need this game plan. I need this receiver to do this at this time against this look. Being more intentional on at least just saying what he needs to get it done. And that was a big takeaway from that. And I think them, I mean, <laughs> at this point, I saw, I think, Zach Bollinger tweet and say, you know, who would have thought that, maybe 10 months ago we were sitting here and it was the the doom of gloom or the the legion of gloom or whatever and the purple patrol and all that like all that is a forgotten thing and now we're looking at the ravens hosting the chiefs in the afc championship and taylor swift patrick mahomes and the kelsey brothers are coming to town with the super bowl on the line so the 360 that they have done this year has been incredible and for them to have that business workmanlike mentality about it has been spectacular and I think that if you're a Ravens fan, you should feel truly blessed that your team that you're passionate about, if you're listening to this, you're probably pretty passionate. We're not your your average viewership. Uh, we're, we don't do the cookie cutter stuff very often. So you should feel blessed that you get to witness the first AFC championship in the city of Baltimore in your lifetime, most likely. If you're listening to us, it's very likely that you weren't alive then. So embrace it, drink it in, drink it up, get out if you can't afford to go to the game. Go to Fed Hill, go to Fells Point, go to somewhere in the city and drink it up. Because for me, this is literally a once in a lifetime experience. And I've I've seen the Ravens win the Super Bowl in person in New Orleans. So I feel like a little kid. I'm ecstatic. And I hope you guys all are, too. Yeah, pretty much. I think uh, there's, you know, a certain sort of world in which the Patriots first and now the Chiefs are kind of ruining our expectations as fans a little bit where it's like, Oh man, if they're not doing this, and even the Ravens did this a little bit to your point uh, at the turn of the last decade, if they're not in this spot every single year, then that's a failure and I'm going to be angry and I'm going to be this and that. Like, definitely. Somebody's got to get fired. Somebody's not good enough. Cut this yeah. person, fire that person. Right, exactly. And like, you know, I definitely, there does get to be a point where changes need to be made. I think we saw that last year. They needed to move on from Roman, they needed to update uh, their plans a little bit, they needed to upgrade at wide receiver. 
I think Lamar, it was a good thing that he finally got past the contract thing. I think that was really dragging things down on both sides. And I'm glad that um, he was kind of able to, I wouldn't say come to his senses, but I'm glad that he just kind of came back to the table and said, Hey, let's just get this shit done and just go win some fucking football games. And, you know, it's gotten us to this point. I think it's a credit to both parties uh, from that negotiation that had gotten so hostile and nasty, it seemed uh, in certain ways. Um, and it is a credit to the organization as well for, um, fostering an environment where that could take place and a credit to Lamar for his growth as a person, which we've seen a ton both on and off the field. And you mentioned like the, the tirade and how it was maybe a little blown out of proportion. It's funny, like that, that kind of stuff gets noticed a lot more when it is a guy like that, to your point. Um, I remember, you Flacco, know, it's not for show at yeah, all. Exactly. Yeah. Flacco did the same thing against the Browns. I think in 2014, they had to, they, they had a win and in scenario. They were, you know, kind of bottling it at halftime. They go into the locker room and he screams like, guys, let's just go win a fucking game. Like, what are we doing here? And then they go out there, and I think, you know, they score a couple touchdowns in the second half, win it, and they clinch. And it kind of reminded me of that a little bit, but obviously it was on a much grander scale. And it was in tougher environments. I mean, shit, we were both out there. We saw what the weather was like. Lamar has not been known to be much of a cold-weather player throughout his career, but he was just able to gut it out and fight through it. He had the the touchdown in the first half, but after that, you know, methodical drive right down the field scores a touchdown then uh you know the texans pumped a couple times and you score a couple more touchdowns and it gets to the point where he scores on that naked bootleg and he's running down the tunnel and kind of celebrating in this uh this jubilant fashion it really was just an exclamation point on what was uh really an exorcism of a, a lot of demons here that have been festering over the last couple of years whether it was the contract whether it was the narratives about can't win a playoff game whether it was going all the way back to the running back comments. It, it feels like that was in a rival party and he's still got more to do and he's still only two and three in the playoffs or whatever. If you don't want to count advancing past wild card by virtue of the one seed, you do that. You know, I think there's a conversation to be had there, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, and it just felt like a culmination point of a lot of different things. And you know what? We deserved it. And I'm happy that we got it. Most certainly. Why not us? And Going, I guess, to dive into that game itself and into that Texans game, going back through, I actually just got to watch the defensive tape. Um, and, man, I, I it's going to lead to – I'm going to try and separate the Chiefs from what I want to say of, of about this game and I think how it parlays into – or rolls into next week, this week, I should say. But the first thing that stood out to me watching the offensive side of the football, the Ravens only had two plays that generated 20 yards. And that has just not been their MO. They have been able, they've been one of the most explosive, especially rushing teams in football all year. And in the past game, they've been above average to good to at times very good in terms of averages, in terms of generating those explosive plays. The Ravens' longest generated plays in this one were 23, 21, and 19 yards. A scramble was the longest play they had, a 23-yard scramble was the longest play that the Ravens had in this game. And that was when I when I think back of watching the tape and, you know, sometimes uh, me and Cole, Cole might join us here and ruin the entire season. I'll get to that if he does. But um, sometimes I get caught up in like, oh, what's the left guard doing on this play? And I'll watch it for five minutes. I'll be watching, what's John Simpson doing? What's John, something like that. I don't know, just over the course of the year. Talking shit on John Simpson, just, you know, to break my heart. No, 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 no. I mean, it could be, you know, likely it could be Andrews. It could be, what was the read? What was, what, what was the high low for Lamar? What did the safety do wrong? What was Hamilton do? Whatever. But I try to just been trying to just drink it in a little bit. I've been trying to look at it from the, the war commander, the command center aspect of what were they trying to do and what were they able to do? What was the defense trying to do? 
What did the offense do? What was the common themes that made this game? And in this one, it was just getting the ball out underneath. It was just getting six yards, getting six yards, getting six yards, scramble, run, six yards, six yards, six yards. So many times. And I know that there's been this big commentary and and I said to you and Cole earlier, like I, every, every time I am around someone like Kyle Van Noy that opens up, you know, for a sliver about the schematics of football at Jimmy's last night, he made one comment and I was like, God, I still, there's still another world I don't know about in terms of what goes on in the brain of an NFL player and coach and things like that. I am still a neophyte in the grand scheme of things trying to break down NFL football, but there was this whole hoopla like, oh, the Ravens adjusted in the second half and got the ball out quicker and blah, blah, blah. I think at the end of the first half, they were trying to push the ball downfield and Lamar got sacked a couple times, but there were quick throws available in the first half and they just weren't taking them. Lamar wasn't taking them. You know, the, the receivers maybe weren't as urgent about it in the read or whatever. And then they just decided to take them. They were able to just flip and say, we're going to take the ball is going to come out. And Munkin definitely turned up the, uh, you know, he moved the pocket. He did things to help alleviate the blitz that they were facing. The, the Texans relentlessly blitzed, which well, I think it was 69% of dropbacks. Some people say 75, whatever. There's always missed, missed up numbers when you look at like PFF versus SIS versus Sumner Sports or whatever, because sometimes there's not really a blitz. It's like the running back just stayed in. So the linebacker decided to come and people chart things differently, whatever. But it was like, all right, well, let's just dial it back. We're better than they are. So let's be better than they are. I'm going to get the ball out. You be ready quicker. It was just, all right, Munkin did a couple of things. And so for them to win in that fashion, I think it's it's the next evolution going back to the wild card game against the Titans, which took place in January of 2021, was the same thing. So what are defenses going to do to Lamar in the playoffs? Get the ball out of his hands. You have to throw the ball out quickly, and they're willing to lose that way. Okay, Lamar is not going to be the one to beat us. He still got his scrambles. He still ran for 100 yards. He still made plays. The boots, all the spectacular things they did in short yardage, those decisions. But it's just a more mature Lamar and offense on the field, off the field, in the locker room. The maturity is there, and the stoicism in those tight, high leverage, uh, I think Lamar said in the press conference, higher level atmospheric moments. I'm just going to get the ball out. What did Brady always do? Just got the fucking ball out. So that's what they did, and we're able to go score 34 points on a good team. He's like Russ Cole. He can smell the psychosphere. Um, yeah, no, it just kind of like it, uh, it, it definitely spoke to the maturity, I think, when he is given the locker room speech and where I think if they had gotten off to a start like this a couple of years ago in any game, let alone it being a playoff game, maybe that is where you see the panicky running around really quick and the hand signals and guys pointing at each other and that kind of stuff. Uh, it felt like we maybe would have seen that in a, a Titans game, you know, circa 2020. Maybe that is what happened a little bit, but I think he's been through that before and he's done that and he's got those battle scars. So he knows like, look, man, if I just settle down and just play my game and I communicate with these guys, I've got the talent, we've got the scheme and I've got the club in the bag to take off and run whenever I need to do that, which he certainly did in the second half to uh, kick that first drive off. And even in the, in the second quarter, he has that big scramble in the red zone, just takes it. Yeah. And right. Gets down to the two yard line, they throw it to Aglor in a little little mesh and score. 
Yeah, exactly. And you know what? They hadn't played football in two weeks. They were probably a little rusty. Like I said, the weather was absolutely going to be a factor for those guys. I mean, it was freezing my, you know, just absolute frozen balls in that stadium for probably every single person that was in there, including those guys who, you know, obviously they're not wearing sleeves because they're tougher than everyone or whatever the hell they're trying to say with that. Um, but yeah, overall, it's just like, I think the rest versus rust thing, like I made the point in the pregame show, I think they're going to get off to a fast start. I think they go right down the field and score. I was maybe a little miscalculated in that because I think the rust did show up a little bit, but ultimately the fact that they were able to power through it, that's almost more encouraging a sign to me to say like, all right, like if that happens again this week, like you've been there before. I remember, uh, I think Vernon Davis said in the Super Bowl, we were watching a couple like sound FX videos last week of whatever of that Super Bowl run that they went on when they lost to the Ravens. And I remember Vernon Davis saying like, look, we've, we've been down 17 points before we can come back. Like we we've done this before this season, we can do it. So like if they, that they find themselves in the similar situation where even if it's just a close game, they can say, look, we played a lot of close games this year and we beat a lot of good teams and whatever, you know, we got the, we got the quarterback, we've got the talented wide receiver offensive lines doing their thing. We've got the play caller. Let's just go and thug this shit out. I, I could totally see them uh, taking another approach if they get themselves in a similar situation uh, against Kansas city. Certainly, I think something that'll get lost in this game too, and the the worst play of the day for the Ravens. I, I, something that I just thought about when I watched it again was the the Steven Sims sixty seven yard punt return for a touchdown, and I, I definitely ripped on Jordan Stout for that one. That was the tying into this conversation we're having. That was the tide flipping in a playoff game, the the sinking gut, the uh oh, and they did not let that phase them. They were able to, you know, continue on the course offensively. They sputtered after that a little bit defensively. They just continue to buckle down, not let it impact them. And I just want to talk about the playoffs in general and the beauty of the NFL playoffs and people shit talk the NFL playoffs for whatever reason. It blows my mind. Noah Brown goes down. So the Texans activate Steven Sims off of the practice squad to play in this game. And then he houses a 67 yard punt return on the road for his rookie head coach and rookie quarterback that makes this a 10-10 game against a team that has been right around that second quarter, that early mid-second quarter. That's when the Ravens usually have been flipping the table on teams right at that second quarter, doubling up at the end of the end of the half, those things. And the beauty of Steven Sims, who has bounced around, had some nice moments in Washington, being able to go make that play have that opportunity and not, you know, make it a 15-yard return to break the tackle, to make the punter miss, to house it, was just such a beautiful moment in football. Um, it, it was we're, – we're able to say that now from this perspective. It's almost condescending because the Ravens did win that game. We would be – let's say that was the turning point for the Texans for whatever yeah, reason. Kind of, uh, you're patting them on the back for uh, going poo-poo in the potty there a little bit, but continue. Exactly. So um, – it's condescending to say, you know, as a Ravens fan in that situation, if the if the, if it went the other way, then you know, it's oh my god. Yeah, I certainly didn't feel that who, way. Who was responsible, Trenton Simpson or Charlie Kohler, or what were they doing? Stout sucks. Why they? Or, I wasn't there? appreciating the. Uh, br- I wasn't breathlessly just appreciating the beauty of it in the moment. I'll say that. No, ex- exactly. So it's it's cool to be able to look back at this point and and say that. But um, what made it cool though was that Ravens didn't waver after that they had their shitty moment at the end of the half where they were trying to push the ball there and that I think is what made Lamar flip out that he didn't have options he didn't have anyone hot and they were continuing to blitz so it's like why were we ever trying to go vertical I think that specific moment in those sacks 
pissed him off. We get the look, the stare going into the locker room. And that's what turned into that whole conversation that now I feel like is, you know, if the Ravens are too able to go win, able to make a Super Bowl run, able to, that goes down as, you know, an all-time like stare and that speech that he made. Like those are things we'll hear about for a hundred years if the Ravens are able to do the damn thing. But um, I, I was just really impressed that Lamar didn't turn the ball over in that situation. The defense didn't buckle after that, after a punt return touchdown. I would wager to say that 80% of teams that have a punt return touchdown in the playoffs probably win. Like those are winning plays. So I think that gets lost a little bit, their ability to not let that make them crumble instead to turn it into something positive uh, after struggling on offense right after too. Are the Ravens the Kings of giving up special teams touchdowns in the division round and still winning? They are. They definitely are. Shout one, out to uh, one little Trent holiday. Yeah. One of my one of my all-time favorite players, actually, that I don't even ever think of. He was so cool coming out of LSU, the Olympic speed, cool, cool player, like 150. Five, yeah, five foot five or something like that. Yeah. 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 He was teeny, teeny tiny. So yeah, I mean, I thought that was awesome. The first half was what it was. They they really generate the one drive. Tucker able to bang a field goal. Um, Texans rumble. And defensively, what impressed me a ton was Kyle Hamilton and Justin Matabike. Uh, those two were inevitable in this game. The false starts that the Texans had, the crowd was rocking all those things, but boy, oh boy, did Justin Matabike simply abuse mainly the right guard, Shaq Mason, but definitely also Scruggs as well, the left guard. Uh, Kyle Van Noy talked about, you know, we knew he was a rookie. We wanted to pick on him a little bit, some of the things they did, but then you just watch Kyle Hamilton, man. Immediately, there's a screen, and nobody's – it's like a three-on-two or a two-on-two blocking-wise, and Hamilton just runs the alley and ends it. Arthur Millette, I thought, was sick in this game too. want to shout him out. I know Justice Hill has been kind of like getting the love as the unsung guy that has stepped up, and I think Millette is in that same category of a player that had very little expectation on them, was not supposed to be thrust into a primary role, and – his ability to play with leverage on situations like that screen that Kyle Hamilton makes a play on, he basically fakes that he's going to play it straight and inside and then shucks outside because he knows he's got his alley guy coming. So that leverage made the runner cut back into a Kyle Hamilton storming downhill. Then there was also a play where he, I think it was in the third quarter, if I'm not mistaken, Mollette comes, sneaks a blitz off the edge, and him and Van Noy were actually running like a quiet game that I feel like you have to watch it 10 times to realize, and then you see it. But Mollette comes in hot and inside across the face because there was trips to the other side. So that's where Stroud is going to want to look or boot or roll, and he did so often in this game. So he intentionally cut across his face as Van Noy just sat. So it was like a slot blitz game. Like TE stunts, everybody always talks about the tackle in the end, you know, crashing and looping. But this was on the outside with a corner and an outside linebacker, which I thought was really cool. Van Noy just knew what was going to happen, sprinted right back outside. Stroud has to throw the ball away. Van Noy did a great job attacking the throwing shoulder so that Stroud couldn't get upfield and turn and, and cock back, and he just had to flip the ball out of bounds. Um, that's really what the theme of the, the game was, was different looks, different pressures. And I think Stroud did a great job not putting the ball in danger, really, but wasn't able to do – make. He made one nice throw to Singletary over Patrick Queen on the move. There was another to Schultz, um, just dropping the football, making some crappy plays, just making us look like shit as a Schultz clan. But 
he wasn't able to make those special plays in those weird situations. And that's what Lamar did. So now the Ravens will move on to Mahomes, who will make those special throws when you have him dead to rights. Yeah, and I think that's kind of what I thought wasn't so sustainable about what the Texans did against the Browns coming into this one and why I thought the Ravens would win by two scores is just because, like, man, he was just putting it through a keyhole on some of those throws against Cleveland, and it looks like it looked like Cleveland's defense didn't want to be out there. I was not at all concerned about that with this squad, with Roquan Smith just being an absolute psycho yet again, uh, and with Mike McDonald just dialing it up. And you mentioned a guy like Mullet having another great game, um, just a, a true unsung hero here like we talked about. So, yeah, it is going to be a much different test this week, and I'm excited to get into it. But uh, I guess we'll save that for the tomorrow, the preview pod. Most certainly. And the Ravens come out in the second half, and um, uh, I, I guess we can just start with we'll, – we'll, we'll go, go to segments here. We'll do the – Smooth AF, smooth play of the week, presented by Baltimore's own smooth as boop products. <sighs> this one wasn't as smooth, but it was a little bit more big boy ball. It's kind of Johnny Crab Cake to me, but just getting the ball out to Isaiah Likely and just how smoothly he just stuck that paw out, planted it, and drove upfield. And I'm going to pair that with another play of Zay Flowers who is such a smooth player, but also is so sudden. Those two guys, as we're going to bring in Cole here to uh, to ruin the season. But, yeah. <laughs> but so those, those two guys, that stiff arm, quick, getting the ball out underneath, and him just smoothly just being like, I'm just going to push up field. I'm just going to let this little DB rock with me. I'm going to make sure he can't get into my frame and just work up field. And then the deep out that – Zay Flowers on Derek Stingley. If you want to talk about a smooth route, something that was smooth in this game, if there's a player in the NFL that should be able to kind of step for step or break transition at the stem with Zay Flowers, it is Derek Stingley. He is about as close technically in and out of his backpedal, T-stepping, sw swinging the hips, flipping the gates, whatever you want to call it, as anybody. I mean, there's a couple guys that are bigger than him. There's there's Pat Sertan, who's got a little bit more meat to him. But if there's anybody on that deep out that I think it was like a 17-yard gain, something like that, that should be able to sit with Zay Flowers, it should be Singley. And boy, could he not. And I know Ravens Wire dropped, and I saw a clip that somebody posted of it where uh, freaking Zay Flowers is going, oh, what did I do on that route? I went, oh, run with me, run with me. Oh, and then he goes, and just sits down. And it's like that yeah, is what the of self satisfaction and like the, the amount that he made himself laugh with that. That's admirational. Like, I want to be able to make myself laugh. Just, he, he fits the dumb jock energy of the Ravens so, so well. And is in an offensive player, you can't ask for more dumb jock energy than Zay Flowers in the best way possible. So, I thought that was as smooth of a route, just simply. There was just nothing other than, like he said, just sit down. And I think that's what Keith Williams has done such a good job with. He always says the route is the play. The play is the game. And these receivers can sit down so well at the top of their route and create separation with suddenness once they know they get in that blind spot or that back putt or whatever it is. So I thought if we're talking smooth plays, man, I, I like that Isaiah likely stiff arm. It was a little bit more of a violent smoothness, if that's a thing. But Zay Flowers also sitting down was so, so, so smooth to me. 
and then I'll uh, I'll tee you up, Jake. What was your smooth play of the week? You're always better at picking the the stock ones. Than me. I got to go with the uh, the clinching touchdown. I mean, there really wasn't one with it being such a lopsided game, but I got to go with the one that really drove the dagger in their hearts. I think both in a pretty you know pretty practical sense, and it also in kind of a philosophical sense. A lot of people call it a naked bootleg. I'm going to call it a nude bootleg. And Lamar Jackson, just total nude bootleg, outruns everyone. And then he jumps over, you know, a couple people. He didn't need to keep running. He didn't need to forest gump that shit. But he ran into the tunnel. He's celebrating with everyone down there. It just felt like, like I said, total culmination point. We'd been waiting for a game like this. And in within a game like this, we were waiting for a moment like that where he just puts his exclamation point on uh, pretty much a masterpiece of a playoff performance. Uh, and he did it in a very smooth fashion and a very fun celebration. And he has a right to dunk on other people's celebrations as he's done this season because he's done a very good job with them. Most certainly has. Cole, we are doing our segment, Smooth AF, Smooth Play of the Week. What did you see? Anything defensively that comes to mind? Can be offensively, but well, we've got Cole Jackson of the Road Graders here. You can check his his page out. He has not joined us yet until this moment, so he's just bringing uh, – just you're superstitious. Just who cares? Cole's just coming in. For the first time this year, right before the champion, just who cares? I'm not uh, superstitious, but I am a little stitious. I'm the superstitious. I'm superstitious. Well, it's already been decided. What was smooth to you in this one, Cole? If I screw this up, Spencer's going to literally piss on my pillow on Sunday night. So, uh, way. Yeah. <laughs> um, so basically, like, I, I gotta, I gotta give a shout out to an offensive play because I think, it, just if we're talking about a smooth play. Uh, Isaiah likely calling for the ball to get thrown up and then catching it on the touchdown. That's just badass. Like that's just that throw like, was pretty we're smooth. That throw was smooth. super smooth. But just to go from like you know Lamar trying to fit that bullet in there, um, and I think that's what PFF charted him as his only turnover worthy play. But and I mean I guess it's turnover worthy, but it was just a hell of a read by Jalen Petrie when he was grabbing the call. He baited he baited that throw a little bit for sure. A little bit. It, but it, I still it wasn't a bad read by Lamar. Like he 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 read Petrie pick up Kolar. It just would have been a good defensive play. Anyway, that doesn't yes, matter. Yes, yes, yes. But then but then just to go throw it up, throw it up, and then him catch it. Anyway, perfect. Uh on the defensive side of the ball, I honestly it it happened early in the game, and maybe it wasn't as impactful in the grand scheme of things but i gotta go with jadavion Clowney on the edge he just set the tone on the first two drives in the run game uh the specific play was the one where he stood up laramie tunsil and there i i, I when i did the breakdown of it i i focused on Clowney's feet because tunsil hit him with like a, an extended arm and Clowney did not move. He just completely absorbed it, set the edge for Singletary inside, and he got cleaned up by uh, Broderick Washington and Matabike. He will also beat their guys. So just, I don't know. I had to give it to Clowney. Just, I, I, that play stood out to me, and it's like best on best, Laramie Tunsil versus Davion Clowney, and Clowney just getting the better of him. Just really stood out to me. And then you go through the rest of the game, minus a 16-yard run. Uh, Singletary had six yards on eight carries and it just made them a one-dimensional offense basically. And that run that run was sick that he had that what went 16 yards and roquan smith hunting that down i mean if you don't have a roquan smith if you don't have the the hustle stopper somebody that will make stops and turn you know he scored on it the week before against uh against cleveland right like they don't have the dot like they have good linebackers but they don't have a row that's great. But- yeah that's we're talking about Cleveland's defense just not wanting to be there and how that's never going to happen with Roquan Smith. No, no. Yeah, the, I think it was 19 for Singletary in that, that touchdown that kind of like 
ended it kind of towards the end there. Um, maybe their smooth as fuck play of the week. Right, right. So <laughs> those were our those were our smooth AF plays of the week presented by smoothasfuckproducts.com. You can check it out, smoothafproducts.com. They've got their his and hers. No, they have their line of ours, shaving, grooming, and cleansing products. Go check out their lavender CBD shaving oil. They have some uh, new products as well. I believe they, it's not tea tree oil. What is it? Smooth AF products. It is, uh, it's, they've got lavender products and there's another one. It's eucalyptus. That's what it is. I just remembered. Uh, they didn't send me a read, but I just, I had my hair washed with that last time I, <laughs> last time I got my hair cut with the eucalyptus. If you ever use tea tree oil, which has like a little bit of a burn to it and kind of dries oh, it out. The, the eucalyptus is just a little lighter than that. So it's real nice, real nice. So go check them out. Support local. A Baltimore barber wanted to make the best shaving products for his clients. So he made his own. Go check them out. Smoothafproducts.com. Let's do Mega Culpa a little bit here. I'm, I'm happy to have Cole on too for this. We, we, Mega Culpa is our Mia Culpa Cole. Things we thought throughout the season or just last week when we did the preview, things that you thought that you were wrong about. Um, the thing that I was right about was that the Texans were going to blitz, but I'll say my mega culpa is I didn't know it was going to be every, pretty much every pass down that they were just going to heat it up. And whoever did the pregame uh, was on with the on-field reporter or whatever, like two hours ahead of the game apparently said like, yeah, D'Amico Ryan's is saying they're going to heat Lamar Jackson up with the blitz today on a cold day. Like the Texans were just like, we're going to fucking blitz you. And boy, oh boy, you better be ready. They blitz from the jump. The first play of the game, the first throw of the game, I should say, for Lamar Jackson was like a little crashing slant. And then Christian Harris kind of wrapped on one side. And then they brought, I think, Desmond King from the other side. And there was two free rushers on the first throw of the game. Like from the first throw passing down, they were bringing the heat. So I didn't think it was going to be that extreme. It was a nice throw from Lamar Jackson on his first throw of the day. Maybe, maybe one of his best, probably top three throws of the day to Zay Flowers, who ran the little option return back in and goes and picks up a first down. But uh, I, I thought they were going to blitz, and I think the Chiefs are going to blitz. I don't. I think that's the only thing you can do to Lamar at this point and hope he fucks up. But I didn't know it was going to be that much. Like That was pretty nuts to watch, especially in the first half. I would say mine. I thought Delvin Cook was going to make a pretty big impact in this game. Like mm-hmm. I really thought they would get him going. Um, I don't really know why I thought it, uh, but it, it was just one of those things. They that might have. I if was it was expecting. closer at the, in the second half, they might have. I mean, outside of a 19-yard rush, he put together seven other attempts for four yards. Like, it was just, you know, I think. Like, it, that was kind of like the very end of the game. Though. Yeah, it was garbage time for sure. But it was. It also came on the heels of that, that nine-play drive where they just kind of rammed it down their throat too. So, um, I don't know. I'm, I'm having a hard time with Cook because – this is a game going into the Chiefs game where I like this is a game where I wish I had Keaton Mitchell. I wish I had J.K. Dobbins, just a dynamic player Mitchell right the now backfield. would be bonkers. it'd be money like just money. And it's nothing against and like you're getting a little bit of it from Justice Hill. Like you're getting the juice on the edge when you get him out in space, but it's just not the same. I right? feel like Justice. I feel like Keaton Mitchell opened up Justice Hill's eyes as a runner a little bit because. Justice Hill always tried to run kind of like a bigger boy because the Ravens usually have those bigger backs that are more physical and want to break tackles and they don't bounce. Like Gus Edwards does not bounce. He makes a jump cut and hits the hole. Right. Uh, J.K. Dobbins was the same way. One cut, go, downhill, strong. 
Um, so I feel like Mitchell did open up just Hill's eyes that he can kind of deviate outside bubble out and then just sprint, like hold the trigger and just go. You don't have to go try and be that big guy. So um, justice Hill definitely stepped up, but that's a great point. And I don't know. Like, I, th- I think I said it to you both in the gr- in our little group text the other day. I was like, man, Derek Henry right now. I know. I know. <laughs> Just anybody more dynamic. And uh, like Gus is really good at what you have him for. Um, like he's a he's great always- power short yardage back. He's always going to fall forward. Like it's, if you need two yards, he's your guy. Um, it's just the lack of wiggle. Just he doesn't. He never really got it back after after his injury. It just when they like, played the Chiefs and won, I'm pretty sure he had like a 45 yard run in that game where he broke like two tackles. And he he looks Gus look and this word smooth is in my head because of the segment, but he looks like smooth still. And he hits it. He sets up his blocks well, and he'll he's like still his success rate is probably still about the same, but he's just not busting them. And if they had somebody, they just have one more guy that could just pop. Yeah. It would really go through the roof, I feel like, in the run game. And they, I mean, they ran for, what, 250 yards in this game, and I'm like, oh, oh, what should Derrick Henry? But I do. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, I think it was four scrambles from Lamar for 48 yards. Like, that was that definitely helped the, the rushing total. The, but the I longest play of the game was a 23-yard scramble. Right, right. Yeah, when a Mitchell goes down at the time he does, I think, like, it's funny because, like, Dalvin Cook is probably the Socratic ideal of what you would want to get at that point. Um, and, you know, it's... Off the bargain bin, you can't get much of a better... Yeah, it, it's just tough to lose a guy, you know, at the time that they did, and especially the way that he had broken out. It's it's brutal. Uh, and I think you guys are right. They kind of are lacking that extra element, and I, I guess it comes to them a little bit in the form of Lamar Jackson, but... Obviously, he's not really giving you that stretch run kind of perimeter type speed, uh, at least in a traditional sense. And that affects uh, the way things can operate on offense. So it's tough. But I guess I would go with. uh, I did think that they were going to, like I said, take it to heart that, you know, people were talking about them and playoff Lamar and this and that about the, the playoff narratives. And I thought they'd get off to a hot start on offense. And they did score that touchdown in the first half with Aguilar. And, you know, they go up 10 to three, I think. And. You know, it was fine, but it definitely wasn't what I was expecting. They didn't march right down the field. Like I said, I think there were other factors involved, but I was expecting a little bit of a quicker start. Didn't really get it. We did get it in the second half, which was nice to see. And hopefully now they've shaken all the rust and the cobwebs off and they are ready to go ahead and uh, get off to that quick start against Kansas City, which I think is going to be needed. Um, So that's what I got for my mega culpa, which is brought to you, of course, by Black Eyed Susan Spices. Uh, check them out, blackeyedspices.com. Uh, also, check out your local Ace Hardware store for local listings of where you can get it off the shelves. Promo code exit 52 for 10% off all their offerings. Their Cannonball Crush, uh, their Captain Clyde's Cannonball Crush, I should say. Their Raspberry Chocolate, their Death by Chocolate. All sorts of different stuff. Trinidad Time Bomb, my personal favorite. Check them out, blackeyedspices.com. Participating Ace Hardware loca- locations in Baltimore and the D.C. suburbs. Amazing stuff. And promo code exit 52 for 10% off. That's all everybody says everybody says that like you know what's the secret what's the secret ingredient in your chili oh it's cinnamon put a little some people and then you get to the next layer it's like oh i put cocoa in mine put the death by chocolate in there while it is not actually chocolate it's the the chocolate habanero but put that in some chili if you want to kick Ooh, buddy you'll get it some tendies or i fire up like a chicken sandwich in the uh the oven some tendies yeah <laughs> throw them on there and i'll just bake it with it on there god they, they come out so good I, I so out. so so good so delicious um another thing i don't think before we move on but another thing i don't know if even know if i said it but i think odell beckham was only on the field for eight pass snaps 
Um, and I don't know if I said it out loud, but I definitely thought it was that's a good one, Spenny. Like I just, where the hell was he? I thought this was, yeah, I, it was I, Nelson Aguilar all year. This is why you were getting them. Like think, it was uh, kind of, I think Meg Rosenthal tweeted something to the effect of like, it's kind of wild how the Ravens are using Beckham and, uh, or, uh, Aguilar and, uh, Bateman and Beckham's position here in this game. And I was, I was kind of thinking about, it. I was like, damn, like, yeah, you have like a couple catches here and there that I can remember, but it really, yeah, you're kind of right. You didn't make the, uh, the impact that, uh, you would have thought in a game like this, but maybe it's going to be a game like this. If they win the Super Bowl, they'll be happy. So we'll see. But uh, yeah, hopefully he does show up a little bit. I mean, more he easy. made he made a great play super early in the game, and it's yeah, a twelve-yard catch. That was his yeah. only catch. Yeah, made, made a nice play there. I would I would have rather had James Prochet out there and saved the fifteen million dollars, but that's just me. That's just me. Uh, yeah, Rashad Bateman gets the second most snaps, and I think he played twenty-one pass snaps. Um, and then Nelson Aguilar with 18. So both of them well over double what Beckham. I mean, Charlie Kohler outplayed Beckham in this one. So just in pass snaps. So Beckham, I, I did not see that coming at all whatsoever. And I don't know. I don't know what to say about it. I, Nelson Aguilar's looked really good. Nelson Aguilar's been a nice player, and so is Odell. And I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't think he's pissed. I don't think anybody's pissed. They blew the doors off the Texans. And maybe some of those were kind of later in the game. I don't, I don't know. It felt like Bateman was constantly on the field on those passing downs. And I don't know. I don't know why it happened, but it did. And it was fine. I also didn't uh, – just my last one is uh, I thought it would be – I thought it would be a little closer. I thought it would be a little closer. I thought Texas would score a touchdown. I thought they would score a touchdown. I think we both predicted – yeah, I think we both predicted around a 10-point win each. Yeah. Um, so I, 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 thought, I thought the Texans would score like 16 something and i saw today i was looking on uh, the shout out to bobby strope who just is really a, a savior of the chiefs fan that base guy. there just god that guy I, I renamed him he's actually that's booby he's he's booby yeah booby stroop there strope there he's just doing the lord's work just compiling all of the terrible rash brash things that the ravens have said about patrick mahomes on his page and why dare he call him elite? Yeah, how dare how dare Roquan Smith call Patrick Mahomes elite? What a joke! What, what, can't what believe they don't say that. He's such a tit. Like it's you think not. Patrick Mahomes puts his pants on. He doesn't have to put on pants. He's naked. He's like, speaking of nude, he wants to do a nude boot. Patrick Mahomes will do a nude boot because he doesn't yeah. even put pants on. Jeez but, Louise! What a what a. So it was, it was it was it was from that quote, and I was just reading through the replies just because I have a severe Twitter addiction and. <laughs> People were like, what's made the Ravens defense elite? Like, oh, blah, blah, blah. And one of the Chiefs fans replied and go, dude, they played CJ Stroud twice and he didn't score a touchdown. <laughs> and I was like, that's actually kind of crazy to think about now in hindsight. And uh, I, I mean, I didn't see it going like that defensively. Like, I thought it would go well. I didn't know what the Texans were going to do. You know, I don't know you folks, Benny, did you think they really did anything special defensively? Didn't really yeah, I, thought they, like I just it. thought they, I mean, they, what it seemed like to me was that they made sure Stroud couldn't go through a progression directionally. He had to cut the field in half mm -hmm. and then they would have, like, they forced him where they wanted away from where they thought his read was going to go because he has killed teams on his second reads. You'll see him and he'll set the Browns. He murdered just yeah. looking one way, coming back the other over the middle of the field they didn't let him find any rhythm in terms of where he wanted to tot, tot, tot with his eyes. He had to go somewhere. And that's why I'm curious. We'll talk about the Chiefs more, but 
what I said before you hopped on is like Stroud and Mahomes athleticism is weird to compare because Stroud does a good job bubbling out and manipulating the pocket and some it's almost similar, but it's just not Mahomes just will the, the positions that they got Stroud in and he threw the ball away are where Mahomes will like chop his feet and run back the other way and then run cut back again and then throw the ball or just make some ridiculous throw across his body. Um, so that, that, I mean, early thoughts is kind of, it's like if, if Stroud could have made some of the throws that he threw away, that's what Mahomes is going to see. I think a lot of the time, but, uh, I, I thought it was just more of a, we're not going to let you do anything you want in the past game because you, they used pressure. Like I say, like when we talked about it was like mallet came off the edge, mm-hmm. but it was really, I'm going to make sure Stroud has to bubble across his body and then van noy just sat still and waited for him and then chased his back shoulder his throwing shoulder so that he couldn't come upfield and throw or van noy would have been able to chop at it they did that with the stunts a lot too where they'd kind of send someone in it was a shitload of stunts it was almost the the looper felt slow and at first i didn't really understand why but it seemed like they were getting a pressure point from somewhere else and then the looper was actually the one in pursuit happened with travis jones like almost three times where he wasn't i I think i think more than three times he he was was, constantly sprinting after him he he wasn't the pressure man it was like clowny coming in and then jones chasing him out so it looked like i don't know it looked on purpose that they were kind of dragging him almost as like like they didn't want him to ever step up they wanted him out of the pocket they didn't want him and that's he kind of strata kind of has that burrowness where he refuses to fade away, he will step through and kind of bob like a point guard and then throw. And they were like, no, 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 no. You're getting out of the pocket, buddy. You're going to be bubbled out. Field's getting cut in half, and you're not going through a read and a progression over the middle of the field. So They forced him to throw to the perimeter so, 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 so much, and he's crushed teams over the middle of the field. And he still got his a couple times. That Nico Collins backside diggy hit, that kind of stuff on third and 13. He still was trying to get to it. They just didn't let him find a rhythm with it at all. And I mean, I, I don't know. I thought Stroud could have – it's easy to say from the couch, but I thought he could have just thrown some deep balls up a little bit more. Like there's a couple times where guys were running and like Marcus Williams hasn't quite turned to run yet and things like that. Like there were a couple uh, of Indoor show pony? Indoor show pony. They just don't have the dogs right now. Like they don't have Dell. Browns out. Yeah, having having Dell could have made a big difference. It could have been made this a closer game if they had somebody that could have created some separation and and just caused a little bit more issues. And that's why you got to give them credit. I mean, they're so young and don't have these marquee names. And um, but yeah, it wasn't like when you watch it on tape, it wasn't like oh shit, the Ravens defense. But it was just man, they never let Stroud find anything that he liked ever, ever, ever. The things he usually is good at, they didn't allow to even start in terms of those kind of reads and those high lows over the middle of the field. So it was a lot more chess and uh, it's, I don't know the chess in the playoffs. I don't know. I don't even, I don't even know. It makes my mind go into a wormhole. Very interesting. We can go to the, the Johnny crab cake, Cole, a perfect person to have on for this. So this is where we give love for the big boys presented by Jimmy's famous seafood, Johnny crab cake of the week. We will say John Simpson is one many crab cakes this year for for some just hijinks i don't know if you know cole that john that jake is like john simpson's number one fan i know it drives me nuts 
Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we've we've encountered this in the group chat a few times. I'll be like, I, I think I sent a message on Monday. I was like, John Simpson's ass. And the group chat just went dead. It's it's Jake's probably, not it's, here for any of that. It's one third because I like him. It's another third because he's memeable, and it's another third to aggravate Cole. <laughs> Mission accomplished. I mean, big boy of the week. It's got to be Ronnie, right? Like, oh, yeah. I I, I spent a whole. 15 minute youtube video talking about how he can drop his ass again like i it, i don't get it doesn't make sense but he can bend i, I don't know why couldn't he bend three his knees ago? are more flexible now he had a hurt knee I, but like just for it to get better like that it was i was shocked um but no he just looks cryo chambers everyone keeps kind of asking like is it sustainable is it sustainable and i mean there's nothing in his tape that obviously can come out and have a bad game. Anyone can, but there was nothing that suggested to me that he can't keep doing that. Like it, it he looked again, like his old self for the first time athletically. Yeah. He could bend and yeah. Getting out in space on, on those pulls. It wasn't just uh it wasn't just the touchdown where Lamar literally left the building. It was also the fourth and one. Um, you know, it just, he looked like himself again. It was just, it was shocking to see. Um, I don't think I really noticed it live to be completely honest. Like not that it was, I, he didn't stand out to me and that's usually when it's like okay he played well um because you're usually watching the ball but then when i went back and watched i was just shocked so i mean it's got to go to ronnie for me i'd give another shout out to to kevin zeitler he gave up that sack early and that was that was tough he gave up back-to-back pressures actually and then he had a clean sheet from there but his run blocking he was playing physical and uh that was my biggest concern about this offensive line him and i throw moses in there too just i wanted to see them come out and play physical football against a more of a slighter they're like, they're like lean and mean lean and mean i think that's that's what i mean and like this game is going to be they don't really have fatties they they kind of have like their guys look like their pants are a little too tight or something like <laughs> They don't have it. Will Anderson's they got, they a they got the guy, special. They got laser, blazer, and taser up and down the D line. Um, exactly. And this week is the complete departure from that, right? Like now we're talking. They had all speed rushers. Now we're talking all power rushers. And this is where Ronnie's going to have his knee tested. Tyler Linderbaum's going to have his anchor tested. Um, you know, Morgan Moe's going to have his torn labrum tested. It's it's going to be it's going to be interesting against this defensive line. For sure. Um, I would love to throw my crab cake to Tyler Linderbaum, who on those on that draw and just a couple of times just dude needs a crab cake because he is smaller. Speaking of lean and mean, and Kyle Van Noy described him last night as an angry bowling ball, and that was hysterical. I mean, in his monotone, he was like, and man, Tyler Linderbaum, that dude's just like a little bowling ball, but he's just pissed at you. And uh, he was just able to scrape and like, use his leverage. And the amount of times that he'll like get you off balance and his, but like Linderbaum's body position, even especially on that draw will just be in such like a weird position, but he'll just like use his head as a weapon and his shoulders and just like hunk into you and clear you out of the path. He'll Tyler Linderbaum is the definition to rub some dirt on it. Had that high ankle sprain earlier in the year. He is smaller. He doesn't care. He's a farm boy. I don't think he's actually a farm boy, but he's just from Iowa. I'm pretty sure he said, like, I didn't grow up on a farm. But if you're from Iowa, you're a farm boy. No, he grew so, up in Salon, Iowa. He grew, it's, they, it's only a farm. It's one farm and they all live on it. I swear to God. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so um, I thought he was impressive in this one. Scrappy, running. And he has that, like, 
he hustles to the ball the way like Justin Matabike does, but he's not trying to make a tackle. He's trying to make a block. Like if there's something on the far end of the field, his ass will get going. You'll see him run when he doesn't feel like it. He's hustling. He's a little, he's a little crab cake. He's our little mini crab cake. And I thought he had a nice game in this one. And I'm going to knock on wood when I say this, but like his snaps are fucking crispy. And he's had some weird little thingies the last yeah, couple of years. Yeah, there's been some crispies on the crispy. Yeah, like yeah, some, there's, there's been the some crispies get a little too burnt. He, he, had a, he had a fuck up on a snap count. He was the only one. Was that this game? Am I that was this game. Yep. That was this game. Had Every, that everybody but the center. Everybody but the center happened. I think that was in the first half. Um, and had some little issues, but man, you just watch him just yanking on guys' arms. It's really fun. I like to watch him on the broadcast a little bit more so because you can kind of see closer and him just tugging down on people's arms and freaking grabbing It's up. honestly what impresses me so much about him is just the way, and we talked about this ad nauseum leading up to the draft, just the way he'll initially lose a battle, but the way he'll recover in Refit, yeah. It's like he's never, even when he loses and gives up a pressure, he's still not like beat. I don't know how to explain it. It's like he's never out of it. And it's just that wrestling background kicking back in. He's able to constantly it's also but the wrestling also it's like the the endurance of it yeah like a lot of big boys when they get beat they kind of like they're like out of breath and can't like get themselves to recover they might know how to but he is just relentless 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 through the snap every single play i give it to the defense as a whole um i'd single out the uh two of my guys up front in matabike and uncle Rowe. No sacks on Stroud, no turnovers, and they gave up three points. I mean, that's pretty like that's kind of crazy. They they really tightened up Cole. They bent a little bit, but they didn't break. But really, what I liked about it, Cole, was that they didn't even really bend that much. They only gave up the three. To what we talk about, Uncle Rowe, he was in the backfield a little bit. I think he had a couple TFLs. Yeah, I think he led the team in tackles. Metabike, a couple quarterback hits. So I'd give it to those two guys for being kind of the commanding big physical presences, as we like to say. Um, and you know, to kind of have a goose egg there in the uh, sacks and the turnovers things and essentially pitch almost a shutout as a defense. It's really freaking impressive. So I just kind of give it to them as a whole, but with, uh, with my guys up front there and uncle Roe, of course, saying he's willing to die on the field. A lot of talk about death on the field. I love death. I love death too. And you know what? This is your quintessential Ben, but don't break kind of game against the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah. <laughs> There's gonna be a lot of bending talk. We'll be we'll be we'll we'll meet Sunday morning. We'll get together at 8 a.m. for a little little bend session just before we head over. I'm gonna teach you. I'm gonna have to talk to you on Saturday night about bending and not breaking. I'm, I don't know if I should go out Saturday night after last year's debacle. <laughs> we'll just get you some smelling salts. You'll be fine. Yeah, <laughs> Brandon will send them over. <laughs> Um, I, I want to give Rashad Bateman one too. Made a couple tightly contested catches. I think he played like a big boy in this one. He was blocking hard. He's just he's he. We talked about early in the year that like him and Patrick Queen don't fit in personality wise to the dumb jockness of the team, but I think they've bought into that. And I think like I don't like again. We'll reference that Zay Flowers video I saw. He was talking to Bateman who's sitting there and he's got Zay Flowers with his like Apache looking haircut and he's like and I was just like. And then it went, and Bateman just like, yeah. And I, I love the buy-in, the tight catch, catches he made, and getting snaps, making plays, big game bait. As he's little, gotten the, the last month when he's gotten the ball thrown his way, he's hunkered the fuck up and, and made catches. I don't want to be negative, but he did bobble that one that came across, and I thought he dropped it. He's not, he has shitty hands. He has shitty he hands. He tried to drop it, yeah, he tried. 
There's something that comes, there's a certain amount of peace that comes with just accepting that you're the youngest and you just don't need to, you don't need to be taken seriously anymore. Once you can get to that point and you're just like, you know what, this is who I then am. Then you become dangerous as a brother. Yeah, you can live within it and then you become a little more dangerous. I think we've seen that a little bit with Queen and with uh, our guy Bait. He tried to drop it. He, he did try. He definitely tried to drop that. Yeah. I just, he has, he's literally Devontae Adams with horrible hands. That's what I think he is. Yeah, that's, yeah, actually, that's a pretty good one. Yeah, he's open all the time. Blows the doors off his release. Oh, yeah, he tried to drop that one. I forget if I'm was. walking around Saturday night doing the bait, then you know we're in trouble for Sunday morning. Unbelievable receiver. He just doesn't catch the football right. Looks like you were doing the fencing hands thing there. All right, all right, all right. Um, you talk about Ben, but not break too. And I just want to pop in while it's in my head, just popping all around. But I thought during that, when I was watching the Bills Chiefs game live, and we mentioned Ben, but don't break, it was like the, the Bills getting the Chiefs to settle for three, two out of three times in the first mm-hmm. half with their defense as beat up as it was. I was like, oof, those are big stops, big, big stops to get off the field there. And uh, with, with the way Josh Allen played, I, you know, Mr. Invincible most of this year, and then the the Superman slash Kryptonite of Mahomes. But um, that, that's a great point. And whew, man, I don't even know. We can, that's kind of it for the segments. If anybody else has any Johnny Crab cakes or anything, one more mega culpa for me to skip back is that I also thought I bet on Devin Singletary to run for over 63 and a half yards. I put money on that. I thought they would run the ball a bit. Like I thought the Texans would be able to run the ball a bit and would score. I, I, I like it. No, I like where you're going with this because, and I don't know if you felt this way when you watched, I felt like they came downhill a lot. And we've talked about this a lot this year where they're just like, you can run on us. We don't care. And this, it just felt different this week. It felt like they played that front seven a lot tighter quarters than I they did in the past. Um that's yeah so it was put down tighter everything was a little it, bit more inside and you and, have to stop pacheco in this game so i think that's really interesting too and watching the way the chiefs who have been a dominant zone team the last two years the way they use duo the way they use counter um the way they use toss i mean they threw about four tosses in this game that one was really interesting i mean it's just different right they're trying to take advantage of the bills linebacking core being you know the equivalent of me and spenny out there at, at mike and will um no, no offense to AJ Klein. He's a special teamer. Like, let's be I real. I mean, he got hurt at one point, though. Yeah. He, he went Ravens out of that game, too. Ravens legend. I mean, I just, he, early in the first quarter, gave up two catches to Kelsey, and then he gets absolutely pancaked by uh, Joe Tooney coming across. I was like, he's a, you're right. he's, a team, he's a teamer. Yeah, he's a teamer. Having a rough day. <laughs> he's, a, he's a teamer. <laughs> yeah. the it's, it's like having Chris, it's like same things like Chris Board or somebody like that. Like they can run and hit, but they are, they're not processing. No. And I helped the Ravens acquire Roquan Smith. I mean, he'll, will forever be in his debt. Why did that even, why did, what, what even, what even was the point of that? That was just a throw in. It's like, hey, you just need a bit of linebacker. Just take this guy. It was, he, it's Madden. He's they didn't so need one. They, did, they literally didn't need one. Well, they were getting rid of one. It's, you know, it's kind of your one for one. I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't know about that one. Um, I don't know. And then. Didn't take, obviously. I mean, he's not there anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I don't get that part of it. But overall, I mean, like I said, I didn't, I didn't try to, I tried to get, I tried to skim a little bit more, but it was just take the, both sides of the football. They take what they give you, take what was given, especially offensively. And then to Cole, to your point, the thing that popped to me on tape was 
it feels like Matabike specifically has been the defender that is part of that. Like, eh, they can run the ball. Like he wants to win laterally and cleanly so that he can rush the passer. And he was getting, he was shocking them back two yards, like staggering their guards back two yards, like two or three times. Um, it really was a huge effort. And I guess to transition to the Chiefs a little bit, and we can just open it up to vibes and stuff this week and have Cole on now. But uh, I'm, I'm just curious to see how much they want to have. There was so many instances of Travis Jones, like we said, rushing after Stroud and some of the bigger boys that were involved in kind of chasing Stroud out, Pierce on the one. And I'm just curious, like, I don't know. Mahomes is going to outrun those guys. He is a little faster, and he's just a – better more loose athlete than stroud is in terms of scrambling i've said for years i think mahomes is the most dangerous scrambler in the sport more dangerous than lamar because he will do dumber things but not make a mistake he'll get into the weeds of the scramble deeper than anybody else will and then he'll make that dagger throw across his body across a field wherever i mean the fourth and nine he's also looks like he's trying to run with a full beer in his hand Right. The, the ball security is not there. Like he's not, you know, high and tight, you know, getting his second hand back on the ball, but he also doesn't fumble the football. He just is a special athlete as a quarterback in a very peculiar way. And I think, I think back to, the, there's only so many teams that have really beat the chiefs and this year's a little different. They're a little weaker and they've, they've had their kind of grinding, but I think of the Bucks Super Bowl and it's like, Bucks rush four. They got him to scramble, and they they made him really, 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 really work. Mm-hmm. And he still was making spectacular plays. And it's like you gotta. To, to you guys talking about Ben, but don't break. But it's like you gotta just make sure you stay downfield with the guy. And he's he runs a lot more now. I feel like than he even used to. He scrambles and tucks the ball and busts downhill and just really doesn't care. He's gotten like I don't know. In my opinion, very reckless as a scrambler. Does not protect himself as much as he used to. Doesn't really care. Curly at wide receiver this year. So I think that might play into it. Definitely. So I think that has to kind of be that. That's kind of where my head goes initially. I haven't even looked at their tape this entire year. I've watched a good bit of them, but just on broadcast and whatever. But I don't know. I think you just are going to have to get him in those same situations you had Stroud, but he's going to make the plays more than Stroud could. It's going to, you got to win the shootout. Like it's, I'm doing a video right now. I'm working on it. Then it's like, containing Mahomes and it's really not even about Mahomes it's more about how do you contain his playmakers because that's how I think you have to match up you got to take Kelsey and Pacheco out and make Clyde Edwards Hilaire and Marquez Valdez Scantling beat you like it's that's what I think the focus and has to be MVS turns into a freaking yeah, highway during the playoffs 130 yard pass he had two catches both were over 30 yards like it's just ridiculous suddenly he can catch the ball in the playoffs he is my uh, biggest concern and you just kind of hit on it and i just i don't want to lose my train of thought on it the mahomes escaped i think it was three sack opportunities just with his elusiveness all three went for big plays um one of them was velda scantling my biggest concern is the ravens have been able to get pressure all year and they've missed a ton of sack opportunities and just his ability to take advantage of now you've missed that. Now your receivers are improvising. Now your D line and O line are all over the place. That's where Mahomes can extend plays and, and make magic happen. Right. So that's my biggest concern. I don't, I just don't think there's anything you can do to stop it. Yeah. 
It's never yeah, it's time. I mean, it's just they have to drop. It's things like them dropping the ball and like your DB out muscling their receiver at the catch point or things like that. But he is just the loosest scrambler ever that I've ever seen. I I, I think Steve Young used to kind of feel like somewhat like that, but I don't know. And like Lamar will actually scramble and run for 48 yards or like house something. But Mahomes just. I don't know. It just creates these weird angles and can throw back the other way. And that's what they've both been doing all year. They're like them, Allen, and I don't know who else. There's a couple other guys who can do the off-platform stuff, but him and Jackson and Mahomes specifically are, it's like a circus of them throwing the ball in ways that are like, you don't want a quarterback when they're in high school ever throwing the ball that way. I remember Brandon Thorne saying, like, if you want to ruin, like, a young offensive line lineman, try to have them do what Trent Williams does. Like, they do things that only a couple people on earth can do, and they're two of the maybe four. So it's going to be silly. It's going to be stupid silly. So silly. Speaking of stupid silly, Cole, you're you're coming. What are you, driving down early yeah. on Saturday? It's going to be, like, I think I'm leaving at, like, 5 a.m. I'm just going to wake up with Quinn because that's when she gets up. And we're just, I'm hitting the road. I'm actually bringing a couple of guys from Ottawa that are going on their own accord. I'm dropping them off in Owings Mills at a hotel. Um, I think they were DMing me, actually. With the one ticket? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's who I said earlier. Um, Really good dudes. Really good dudes. Uh, It was one of these weird things where he had followed me on Twitter for a while. And then I found out that he went to uh, high school or played hockey growing up with my cousin. It's just a Canadian story, right? So now he's hopping in the car. I'm coming down with one of my buddies and uh, yeah, we're hoping to get in town around five o'clock on Saturday and Spenny setting up the valet for me. And then I'm just sleeping on your couch. I don't know. It's going to be there a time. We, go. we got our sweet Jake who I'm happy you're sick now, Jake. Yeah, it's probably good to get it out of the way now. Um, hopefully, I think it'll you be have over. about twenty-eight hours of shittiness left from the sound. Yeah, of it. it's good. you're gonna fly through tomorrow, and then you're gonna wake up Friday feeling bubbly. Yep, I just need these glands to settle down and stop leaking, and I'll be okay. You know, I, nobody likes to complain or hear complaints when somebody is sick. I'm not saying this is my flu game. I'm not saying I'm really tough or a hero or anything like that. <laughs> but you know, I'm just I'm powering through it. That's what I'm doing, and uh, we'll be we'll be ready to go by game time. And if we're not, we're still going to go to the game. And I'm still going to scream. I'm probably oh, you're going to yell. You're a little yeller. Uh, yeah. I mean. You're, you're old yeller. <laughs> Don't say that. Come on. You're getting old. No, stop. I got No, he looked like a spring chicken on Saturday. I couldn't get over how buckled you were. <laughs> like, I was yeah. dying on the post-game stream. Yeah, between, between me not being able to put together a coherent sentence, <laughs> Spencer chuking into a trash can, I think that might have been the most memorable <laughs> podcast I've ever been a part of. So what has happened outside of my house with the milk? Because I, <laughs> I, 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 Mills. Also chugging milk. I didn't know what to think of it. Uh. Quadri loves his raw organic milk. I mean, he's raw. The missile. He's the he brought that into the game. He brought the milk into yeah. the game with him. I'm pretty sure into like the pregame show. Cause he wanted to hey, he 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 me up. He's like, I'll chug milk you with you. Me and Q, who would have thought? Jake and I were laughing about this. It was just like, what timeline is it possible that I end up chugging milk with Quadri Ishmael? And that's like what what goes on. Like when I was 10, if you would have told 10 year old me that like Quadri Ishmael would be chugging milk for me, I wouldn't, I wouldn't know what that meant. I wouldn't know what to say to that. (laughs) 
So the end of the so obviously I threw up a bunch during the beginning and, and tried to keep going and then uh, at the the after the show Jake is passed out on the couch. There's other people sleeping right over here next to me, and I went had to go outside and call dinosaurs just over my front porch onto the sidewalk, and I was just hurling milk as people were walking by, and it turned yellow eventually. It turned green. I think some bile started to come out. I was just hurling. So it was freezing. The milk has frozen into the ice and now it's melting. And so now the ice is melted, but the, the milk hasn't the throw up milk. So there's, just like, <laughs> there's just like solid milk outside on you the ground. Maybe, you should maybe put that in a container and memorialize it. If you want to buy my sidewalk frozen milk, hit me up. <laughs> Somebody so, should put up I mean, with all the, the Lord's work you've been doing with the ticket stuff. Maybe somebody should uh, do you that credit. I'm credit. almost You're not going to be able to transfer you money, though. <laughs> the, yeah, no. You'll, you'll have to send me cash. Like fucking free <laughs> Rick Ross with NFL. I will say I'm like kind of happy that my transactions all got nixed because I I was I was wearing myself thin. I I was tapped in on that for like 15 hours. Life, I don't know how you went that long. Yeah, I, I tried to marathon it. I, I did as much as I could. I had people last night. People when I went to Jimmy's last night, I was getting some mean messages in the requests. Like, hey man, seriously, can you respond? I have to buy to. Hey man, what the fuck? What do I need to do? Like, blah, blah, blah. I was like, guys, I'm helping Brian. Like, I'm recording Brian at Jimmy's right now. Please, can I have one hour? So you you savages. I love it though. At the same time, people want to go to the game. Mm, love that. I just can't believe I'm going to the game. Love that for you. Love that for me. Love that for how are you. Do, do you want to do you want to tell people what what your uh? You don't have to. It's okay. I I mean I got I got tickets from a player. That's the long and the short of it. Um, in a very shocking turn of events. Yeah. Uh, Who that player plays for? He plays for the Ravens. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. It was it was a very uh, my my wife was. Uh, we're sitting there at the dinner table. I get the text at like 630. So we're sitting there and I'm like staring at my phone, like kind of like confused. And then just like I had a smile ear to ear on my face. And she's like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> she's like, you look like, like I don't think I've been that excited since I opened the PlayStation 2 in 2001 for Christmas. Like it was uh, it was something. So anyway, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, obviously, it's a it's a journey for me. It's a nine hour drive um but uh we're gonna marathon it and we're gonna have a time it's gonna be outstanding i'm fired up um i'm like i said very superstitious so i've been doing poker night every thursday since the ravens like initial win streak started back against who, who do they who do they beat first in that little tear they lost to the browns i think it was the the bengals game did the bengals come after that browns loss the thursday night the three games yeah because they would have, they went into their buy right after that, didn't they? Um, it was they lost to the Browns and they beat the Bengals, and that's when they rattled off the sixth straight or whatever. And so, me and a couple of buddies have been doing poker night every week. We started that week after the uh Bengals game, and so I have to have, we have to have poker night every time. And now we're just kind of running on fumes because the holidays came through and like we've all been going to the Ravens games and. We're like, we got to fucking have poker night still. So tomorrow night I'll be uh, getting some poker in. Let us know. Uh, let us know in the comments when you're watching this. What are your superstitions you have going? I mean, I've got 
I wear, I've been wearing Lamar Jackson stuff pretty much exclusively. Like I wear his apparel that I have, the homage shirt that I have of him and his jersey and his bucket hat. And I've worn my starter jacket. I have not worn anything else. And I haven't washed them in quite some time. Um, I didn't wear it for the Steelers game. I wore nothing of that, nothing Lamar. He didn't play. So I've, I've got that going. I usually do playoff beard. I didn't subscribe to that. So I don't think I ever have to again, luckily. Yeah, I'm doing the beard right now. A little beard. Let us know if you make it this far in the episode, which only I think about 27% of listeners make it past a 60 minute mark. So if you're with us, let us know in the comments what your little your little stitions are. I want to hear your stitions. And if that you're was... maybe a little superstitious. If you're a little stitious or superstitious. What else, boys? What are we feeling as we're uh, we're tailing off here? We can get sicky Jake to bed in a moment, but thoughts. I was say we're feeling like shit, but I, I, I feel weirdly. And I don't know. That's I felt the opposite last week, and I think it was just like the I just had the the nerves, right? It's you know, and the first half started like not this shit again, like not the like why can't we just play dominant football in the playoffs? Um, I feel weirdly good about this game. Uh, I I don't really know how to explain it, but like I'm thinking like twenty seven seventeen. Like I think they're gonna. I just think they're gonna do it. I I, I don't know. It feels like that conference championship game against the Patriots in 2012 when Brady only put up 13 on them. I, I don't know. I just, I have that kind of vibe right now. We do predictions tomorrow. So it's part of yeah, our you guys save that. I won't be here tomorrow. So yeah, yeah, yeah. But definitely, I mean, I'm, I'm just excited for the city, man. I'm just excited for Sunday and Saturday and the buzz and for people to care. And I'm just hoping that, and I, I think it goes either way. Like if the Ravens don't win this game still, it's going to be a mega event. I mean, T-Pain's performing at halftime. Taylor Swift is here and it's going to be a show on Saturday and Sunday. That I've never the game in Ray Lewis and Ed Reed. I mean, that's Ray Lewis, Ed Reed, Anton Golden, Todd Heap, freaking Matt Stover, mm -hmm. Jonathan Ogden, Michael Phelps. I don't know. Fucking Black could be there. Who knows? As you're listening Our to this, it should have been announced by the way that Jimmy's tailgoat. Uh, is going to be featuring Ray and Ed there with uh, one DJ Diesel uh, performing. That will be Shaquille O'Neal for anyone who's unfamiliar. I want to go to that really bad, but again, I've been going to Lot H during this win streak, so I'll be going to Lot H. I didn't guess when I didn't go to Lot H when they lost to the Steelers. Didn't mm. go to Lot H. Hate that. Yeah, I don't know. I just feel like I feel weirdly at peace, and maybe the center will not hold on this. I'm sure I'll be much more anxious going into the game, but you know, we we bitched and moaned about them getting into a conference championship how many times and. Now they're here and it's in their house and uh, kind of feels like house money a little bit. And sometimes that's the best feeling to have. I remember feeling the exact same way going to new, into New England 10 years ago and they, they won there. So we'll see. Definitely some some team of destiny vibes in many ways of and Kay Adams talked about it. Just the amount of injuries they've overcome, not just this year, but always like always over this entire freaking three. It's been like three and a half years or something of just. J.K. Dobbins is out, and then Ty, like Tyus Bowser. She didn't even mention him either. He led the Ravens in sacks last year, didn't he? Is he on the team? Or no, it's Houston. Uh, two years ago, he led the Ravens in sacks, and he, I mean, he's a big player for them. He's uh, uh, going into this year, like, oh, they have Tyus Bowser. He's going to fucking start. Like, that, he's a good player. Yeah, without Kyle Van Noy, we'd be clawing at the bit to get him back on the team. Like, that's 100%. kind of the role he played, right? So, like, exactly, exactly. Huge shout-out to KVN for stepping in, obviously, but, you know, you can He's never turn down. He's been so fire. Kyle so Benoit's been so fire. Crazy good. Always in the right place. Always. Run against the run, inside run, 
I feel like he, I feel like for some reason he's never on the field when it's an outside run. I don't know why, like to his side either. Even but, Malik Harrison, because you saying that, like Malik Harrison, he got shot. Man. Malik Harrison got fucking shot two years ago. <laughs> how many, how many crazy things have happened injury wise? I mean, J.K. Dobbins tears his Achilles in the first play of this or the first game this year after scoring a touchdown. Like how many crazy injuries? Mark Andrews in the cryo chamber, and then he's just got some little honey now going hard launching. Some little College of Charleston student is hard launching Mark Andrews right now. I can't wait. Oh, is that God. right? Is she uh, is she out there in the public now? Yeah, she's in the public. She posted a little TikTok. A TikTok. A talk. I had my my shout out to my friend Paige. She she texted. I didn't know that. I just, uh, you're telling me now for the first time. <laughs> she's she's loved Mark Andrews forever. I mean, most girls who like the Ravens love Mark Andrews. Um, I've been told and, that yeah, I will. Oh, oh. <laughs> and uh, I think she like kind of hard launched him on TikTok, and Paige sent it to me and was like, "Honestly, this pisses me off." Like, blah, 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 blah. so come on. I didn't even know he was in a relationship until he mentioned the hyperbaric chamber. I was like, "Huh, oh, look at you, Mark, settling down, sowing yeah. those wild oats." Yeah, Mark's an old man so. now. Yeah. So Andrews Humphrey, I mean. We'll, we'll get into the injuries and stuff more. This isn't our, our super uh, detailed preview in any way. But Humphrey, Andrews, Dobbins, Bowser, those are four players that have missed, uh, what, 30 games this year plus? I mean, probably like 45 games, actually. And they just keep pushing and pushing and pushing. And I did see someone else tweet, too, another crazy thing, just random thoughts, is that Lamar Jackson's played three full seasons start to finish and is going to win MVP in two of them. That's pretty, pretty crazy. Pretty, pretty good. Pretty, pretty crazy. So, Jake, you're sickly. I guess we can kind of end there. Cole's attention is ready to Cole's, – Cole's ready for the drive down. I just yeah, – probably These days are dragging at work. Like, oh, my God. I, took I needed a rest off. after this weekend. I'm, I'm, I'm happy the game's not here yet. I'm not ready yet. Yeah, you got to go to it. I sat on my floor with Quinn screaming at me while I was trying to pay attention. And Quinn – um okay well if that is all we got i appreciate you gentlemen for joining me cole for hopping in in the uh second half here on the smooth jazz hour that i bring you with my baritone tones here um yeah you guys aren't getting this voice every week so i appreciate it while you get it thanks as always for listening we really appreciate the support here in the biggest football week of the year here in baltimore in a long time you can find us on social media at exit 52 podcast across the board that's twitter instagram tiktok I am at Jake Luke. That's L-O-U-Q-E. Spencer is at Ravens 4 Dummies. That is the number four in the middle. Cole is at Cole Jackson FB. Brian is at Barstool Banks. Eric is at E-D-I-T-T-I-22. Taylor is at Taylor Smythe 10. Thank you guys for listening very much. Hit up Jimmy's website if you want to get some tickets to that tailgoat. Those are going to be snapped up pretty quickly here. As if the Ravens do win, there's going to be a monster guest next week doing a Q&A with fans and an autograph signing. So keep an eye out for that too. It's We had Justin Madbike was sick. Kyle Van Noy was very cool. It is going to be a monster. So keep an eye out for that. Yep. So hit them up. Try to get those tailgo tickets if they're not already gone and keep an eye on their events tab uh, for everything else. Shout out to all our other sponsors uh, with Smooth AF, with Black Eyed Susan Spices with, you know, just everyone that we uh, we got in the mix here. We appreciate it all, and we appreciate you guys, and we'll talk to you again tomorrow. See ya. Arrivederci.
really, really hard, and they execute the system, and that's what it's all about. Yes, there sir. Trust. He's pretty, big, big trust. trust. Big, big trust. trust. Hey, yes, sir. <laughs> right on cue. Hey, right on cue. Hey, I, let me